Learning and Development, Episode 7, Happy New Year. Written by Michelle Whelan. Voiced by AI Simulation April. It's that time of the year again, where I do that stupid dance with my family back home in Australia. My mother called me asking if I would be coming home for Christmas. And as always, I tell her no with some sort of a lame excuse. Last year, the airports were closed due to heavy snow. The year before that, COVID. Thank God I could use that as an excuse for a few years. This year was, I'm too busy with the business. She always seemed to be disappointed with me, but I needed to stand my ground. I don't want to hear another Christmas where I get probed about why I'm not married, why I don't have a boyfriend, and if I stop dressing like a lesbian, maybe then guys will be interested in me. Once that little dance is over, the next one is about how great my sister is. At least she can hold a job, my mother always said after everything great about my sister. I freelance, mother. I work on a contract basis. I took the time to reflect on the year I had. We have been working with chalkboard learning for almost a year, and I also reflected on our clients. Granted, it wasn't many, but enough to get our name out there. It's been quiet for the last few weeks. Not many clients are biting. We just returned to the office after a few days off for Christmas. Christmas in Portland is fun. It snows, which is something I'm still not used to. Christmas in Australia is hot, really hot. So hot that you hear your Uncle Gavin every now and then saying, Fark, it's hot. The type of hot where the water evaporates in the supa soakers before you had a chance to squirt it into your young cousin's face. Then hear them scream because they lost. The more I think about it, the more I miss Christmas in Australia. Now I walk around my apartment saying, fuck, it's cold, and turning on the kettle to get some warm tea. Doug and I would spend Christmas Day together either at my place or his, depending on our mood. Doug is also not from Portland, and just like me, he doesn't like going home for Christmas. Doug has mentioned his family a few times. What I gather from his brief conversations about them is that he seems to be the black sheep of his family. He seems to get the same dances as I do. Why aren't you married? Freelancing is not a real job. You will find a girlfriend if you dress nicely. If Hallmark Christmas specials have ever taught me that Christmas time is not only for chaos, but full of men who are completely opposite to you and somehow want to push all of your buttons at once. But it has also taught me that, underneath all of those button-pushing moments, is a soft heart guy who seems to do anything to show he likes you. Oh, and spending Christmas Day with the people you love, which is Doug, for now. We would sit around the apartment cooking lunch and leftovers for dinner, exchanging gifts for each other, mostly socks, and watching our favorite Christmas movies, starting with A Christmas Story, which surprised me that Doug had never seen it. Once I showed it to him, he believed it was the ultimate Christmas movie, that it showed the real meaning of Christmas, presents, and how far you can push your parents to get what you want. Then followed with Elf While You Were Sleeping, Merry Christmas, Mr. Bean, and End the Day with Ernst Save Christmas, which I always say is the best Christmas movie ever. And like always, Doug would crash on the couch, no matter if it was at my place or his, and we would spend Boxing Day with me trying to explain what Boxing Day is, and that it is Australia's version of Black Friday, then spend the day outside building snowmen or snow angels. I caught myself sitting there scrolling through social media mindlessly, realizing that I could be doing something productive. I took a deep breath and went back to scrolling. Doug walked into my office and sat down. What are you doing? I finally returned my attention to him and said, Nothing. Why? Should I be doing something? 
He leaned back on the chair and placed his hand behind his head. I thought we would be drowning in clients by now. I looked at the calendar on my computer. We are still new and young, and it is also the end of December. Not many people need courses at the moment. I wouldn't be surprised that they would still be on holidays. I looked at Doug, watching him move his eyes around my office. He was bored and needed something to do. He stopped moving his head and stared directly at my bookshelf. You actually have books on your shelf. Yes, it's a bookshelf, I told him. He got up, walked over to it, and studied the books, photos, and memorabilia on the shelf. Why don't you have books about instructional design on the shelf? He pulled off a book and flipped through it. You have a lot of fiction. Then, put it back on the shelf. I read a lot, was all I could say. He turned to look at me. We should go out and get some new books for the office. Make it look like we are learning how L and D works. He said using quotation marks around the word learning. I looked up at my shelf and didn't think we needed new books. But if it was an excuse to get out of the office, then so be it. I turned to look out the window. The snow outside has been settling a bit. After ten years, I'm still not used to the snow. I remember last winter when I slipped on the icy pavement outside of work and fractured my ankle. I had to wear a moon boot for a month. Not fun at all. Doug left to get his jacket. He reappeared as he put it on. Come, let's go. I gave in, put my jacket on, and we both left. We managed to get to the bookstore almost on the other side of town. As we walked in, shaking our jackets, the snow fell off. I looked around at this small bookstore. It was full of books, but small at the same time. There were quite a few people in here, and it was warm. Doug dragged me to the information section of the store. We looked over the books to see if we could find any on learning and development, but my mind was elsewhere. I wanted to go to the fiction section to see what is there. I tapped Doug to let him know I wanted to look around. I slowly walked from shelf to shelf, dragging my finger across each book's spine, carefully reading each of the titles. I noticed a guy approach me. Is there anything I could help you with? He asked. I stopped in my tracks, looking at him. There was something familiar about him. He was slightly taller than me with curly black hair, wearing a t-shirt with the slogan, Book Nerd, on it, and a jacket. I studied his face more, trying to figure out where I knew this guy. If you need help, just let me know, he said as he walked off. Wait, I said to him. It's really bugging me so much. How do I know this guy? He returned to his spot and looked at me, asking, Do you have any books on learning and development? He stood up straight and put his hand in a position of thinking, Not sure, have you looked in the reference section? I looked around the store before he said, You are in the fiction section. He pointed behind me and added, Reference is over there. I stood there still studying him before I decided to move over to the reference section. I looked at all the books until my eyes landed on a particular book. I gasped as I picked it up and walked over to Doug. Check this book out, I told him as I held it up. Doug's mouth dropped, then a giggle. He took the book out of my hands and said, You know we have to buy this book, he said smiling away. The book was Instructional Design for Dummies, and it was the only learning and development book we could find in the store. We walked up to the front counter and placed it down. The same guy came over and reined it up. Why does he look familiar? He looked at the book, Instructional Design. I didn't realize that's learning and development. One part of learning and development, Doug answered him as he pulled his wallet out. This guy saying the word instructional design struck me, as everything about this guy came back to me. He was at the speed date all those months ago. Now which one was he? 
Doug paid for the book and we both were about to leave. But something on a shelf caught Doug's eye, leaving me with the book and standing at the door waiting for him. This guy approached me. I know you, don't I? He asked. It was there on the tip of my tongue. Weren't the two of you guys at the speed date thing a couple of months ago? He asked before I could say anything. Yes, we were, I replied. He dropped his head and let out a giggle. Oh, so you guys hooked up? He said. I looked over at Doug and my eyes widened over the idea that Doug and I were hooking up. I needed to correct this. Oh no, Doug and I are friends. In fact, I... I started to remember the end of that night and didn't want to tell him about how I went home with no numbers. I got one number and it didn't work out. Bad date. He stood there smiling away. I hear you. I went on a few dates from that night, but they didn't seem to work out. Many didn't like the idea of owning a bookstore. I stood there thinking about that. I finally told him, not many people read these days, it's a shame. I would get a kick out of dating someone who owns their own bookstore. It's kind of like showing me your bookshelf and they say, oh, honey, I can do one better. He giggles at me, which makes me laugh too. I never thought of it like that, he answered me. We stood there staring at each other. He looked around the store before returning to me. Now I remember you're one of the Sarahs. Which one were you? Miller, I answered, remembering that I never told anyone about my last name. Sorry, I quickly added awkwardly. I was the one who didn't like the buzzer and I have a cat named Frankenstein. He pointed at me, remembering it all. Yes, I remember now. We both let out a giggle at the idea. Then he turned and said, I'm Lester, in case you forgot. I knew it was a strange name, but I couldn't remember what it started with. Doug returns and places out his hand to say, let's go. Well, it was good seeing you again, I said. I started to follow Doug out the door before Lester said quickly, wait, Sarah? I returned to stand before him. Look, I know I didn't give you my number on the night, and I still don't know why, but I wondered if you had plans for New Year's Eve. I felt a little jabbed in my back, making me jerk forward. I looked at Doug, who was trying to look elsewhere than the conversation. I took a deep breath and said, No, I don't have plans. Why? I watched Lester tap his index fingers together while he said, I was wondering if you want to go to dinner with me. I felt another jabbed in my back. I knew what Doug was trying to do. I let out a smile and said, Yeah, love to go for dinner. Lester smiled and we exchanged phone numbers. Guess what, Chastity? Doug said as he burst into the office. Chastity sat there wondering what was going on. I tried to stop Doug from telling her, Sarah met a guy. Doug, stop, I tried to say to him, but he kept pushing me off of him. At the same time, he continued to tell Chastity the excellent news. Yeah, she met a few months back, but they caught up again and he asked her for a New Year's Eve dinner. Stop it, Doug. I told him I didn't like people knowing my business. That's exciting, Sarah, Chastity said. Thanks, I casually said as I walked past them both. I sat at my desk watching YouTube videos, mostly top 10 things. Some were good and some were bad, then flipping over to hoarders. Doug came in and sat down before me. Hey, he said. I flipped my screen around to show him what I was watching. Hoarders, you know this show is terrible. I flipped it back. What makes it terrible? Hoarding is a mental issue, and this show exposes this. It's like doing a reality show exposing schizophrenic people without their meds, then putting them into high-strung situations, then seeing how long it takes the therapist to calm them down. Doug responded. I put it on pause and realized what Doug was saying was right. It was a stupid show. 
He smiled at me. So, New Year's Eve is tomorrow. And, I said back, do you know where you are going? No. What about what you are wearing? No. Are you planning on texting him? Doug finally said. Why is he so invested in this? I picked up my phone and texted Lester. Hey there, it's Sarah from today. I was wondering what the plans for tomorrow are. Then I put the phone down. I went back to watching YouTube while Doug just sat there. Anything, he asked. For Christ's sake, Doug, I just texted him. No, and go away, I yelled at him. As Doug left the room, a text came through. Sarah, it's great running into you today. Yes, I have an idea of a place. I know this great restaurant near my bookstore called Orange Pesto. I have been there before. The food is amazing. This made me smile, but another text popped in. I feel bad about the speed date night. I thought I put you down on my wish list, but I must have written eight fast and made it look like a six. I thought about it and tried to imagine if that could work. And then a third text popped in. There was a Sarah for number six. Man, she was something, a little too weird for my liking. I had to text back, weird? Yes, she thought having a skydive picnic was romantic. LOL. I do like the weird girls, but that takes the cake. I sat there staring at his last text message, amused by it. Well, today is the big day. I would assume everyone would be at home or something, but nope. Here they all are at work waiting for me to get dressed and look good, like a mother and father doting on their daughter. What? I asked them as I caught them looking me up and down. Sneakers, Sarah? Chastity asked. Heels hurt my feet, I told her. Yes, they are supposed to, but you don't tell anyone that, she responded. What do you guys have planned for tonight? I asked as I fixed myself up. The club has a party on. I'm going to spend time there, Chastity said as she referred to the strip club. Dunno, maybe just hang out here, Doug mentions, looking around the place. Lame, I told him. I thought about Doug, who got a list of potentials from that speed date night, but I never saw him actually go out with any of them. Why don't you contact one of those from your wish list from the speed date night? It's fine. Besides, I have other things to do tonight, he says. Chastity and I walked out of the building and headed in opposite directions. I walked down the street slowly as the ground was still icy, thinking I was glad I wore sneakers instead of heels. I grabbed my coat and wrapped myself up further as the light wind blew an iciness in the air. I looked up to see the Christmas decorations still in the streets and the busy people going about their business. I could tell they were also going off their New Year's parties, ready to celebrate the New Year. I finally got to the restaurant thanking myself for not falling over this time. I took off my coat looking over the restaurant to see if I could see Lester, but I couldn't see him anywhere. The waiter took my coat and asked me for the booking name. I had to look it up and remember Lester told me he booked a table for us. Lester, I told them. They smiled at me and led me to a table. The table was in the middle of the room. There was enough room on the table for the two of us. The waiter poured water into a glass and added breadsticks to the table. They asked if I would like to order something for now. I shook my head with a smile. I'm waiting for Lester to come. I took a sip of my water and looked around the place. It was busy. So many people and couples enjoy themselves, enjoying the night. So many waiters brought food, filled people's glasses, and talked to the customers. I took another sip of my water as I sat and waited. The waiter said, Excuse me, ma'am, would you like to order? Um, I looked at my watch and noticed I had been sitting there for almost an hour. 
where is Lester? Can I get a house wine? I told them I might as well start without him. They smiled and left. I got out my phone and texted Lester. Hey, just letting you know I'm already here. I hope everything is okay. Then I put my phone away. I looked around and pulled it out again. Just to let you know, I have been here for an hour. You did say 7.30, right? I put the phone away and the waiter brought my wine. I smelt it. The fruity sensors got to me before I took a sip. I grabbed a breadstick and slowly munched on it. Where is Lester? He did say 7.30, right? Excuse me, ma'am, would you like another drink? The waiter said. I looked at my glass. I haven't taken my eyes off the front door. I sat there staring at my empty glass, contemplating if I should have another. Ma'am? The waiter said, trying to get my attention. I handed them the glass and said, Sure, why not? I looked at my watch again at 9.30 p.m., and still no sign of Lester. I looked around the restaurant and noticed it was starting to thin out. There were a few empty tables and a few less waiters. I sighed and pulled out my phone to see if Lester texted or at least called. Nothing. I called his number. I sat there listening to the phone ring out, and it went to voicemail. Hey there, it's Lester. You know what to do. Beep. Hey Lester. Sorry to bother you, but I have been waiting for you for two hours at Orange Pesto. I hope everything is okay. Sarah. I place my phone down, looking around the room again, starting to get worried. I only have his phone number and the location of his bookstore. It has been two hours. I sat here waiting for a guy for two hours. Either I'm a sucker or a fool to think a nice guy like him would ask me out. The waiter came over with another glass of wine for me. Seems it's a fresh glass, I might as well finish it. The waiter approached me and sat down in front of me. Ma'am, you haven't ordered anything tonight? Is everything okay? They said. I sat there staring at my plate. I have sat here at this restaurant for three hours waiting for a guy who never planned to come. No calls, no text messages. He just up and ghosted me. Why did I think I was good enough for Lester? I'm never going to be good enough for anyone. I felt my eyes widen. He's not coming, is he? I said to the waiter. I don't think so, and we need to close, they said. The waiter didn't move. They placed their hand on top of mine. I felt the warmth of it, making me feel like there was someone out there who was thinking of me. It's okay, the waiter said. You don't have to pay for your drinks. It sucks being stood up on New Year's. I thanked them, grabbed my coat, and left. I slowly walked down the path, watching everyone in the street partying and enjoying themselves. I heard an ambulance rush past me. I watched the red and blue lights disappear in the distance, thinking someone must have partied hard. Lucky. I walked into our office and noticed a glow from the hangout room. I placed my coat and bag down on Chastity's desk and moved towards the light. I noticed Doug sitting there with a beer in one hand and smoking something in his other. I stood there smiling away and smelling the air around him. He found my good stash. I am glad I could count on him. I stepped towards him and he jumped a little as I scared him. Sarah, I wasn't expecting you to be here. He choked out. I didn't say anything. I just sat down and curled up under his arms, stole whatever was left of the joint and took a few hits. You got stood up? Is that why you're back? Doug asked. I continued not to say anything, just lying there smoking away. After the night I had, I rather go into the new year on a happy note. Doug turned to face the TV. He had New York City's New Year's Eve party. The TV shot to the gigantic clam on top of its pole. Okay, are you guys ready? The reporter said on the TV. 
The clam lights up, and then I heard ten, nine, eight. The clam slowly came down the pole, seven, six, five. I sat up and joined the last part of the countdown, four, three, two, one. The people on TV were cheering and joyful, which made me emotional. I whispered, Happy New Year, and smiled to myself. I turned to Doug, who was facing me. I was still smiling at him. I went to say Happy New Year to him, but instead, he leaned in and kissed me. I pulled away and said, Don't do that again. We don't have an HR department. I got off the couch, hearing Doug giggling to himself. Happy New Year, Sarah. Fuck off, Doug! I shouted back. You have been listening to Learning and Development. Tune in next time.